Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Solomon Moshowitz, and today we're learning Masechet Eruvin, Daf He, Tractate Eruvin 5a and 5b. Is Jewish legal space quantized or continuous? Are two weak answers as good as one strong one? Can we be certain of anything in this world? We'll ponder these questions and also take a closer look at two frequently used types of Talmudic argument. Today's daf is really technical. It's difficult to follow without diagrams, but we'll do our best. The Gemara tries to understand the meets and bounds of how the Korah functions as a marker or as a legal barrier, and the precise definitions of all the elements we discussed. For example, how long does a passageway have to be before it qualifies as a mavoi? We've discussed the Korah, the horizontal beam across the entrance to an alleyway that allows you to carry in the alleyway on Shabbos. On this daf, the Gemara discusses the lehi, another device used to legally mark or close off the entrance to an alleyway. The lehi is a side post adjacent to one of the sides of the entrance. There's a third device, which we'll encounter again later, and that's surata petach, which is a door frame shape. On the previous staff, the Gemara begins to discuss a case where the Korah is too high, above the 20 cubit limit. To fix it, rather than lowering the Korah, as suggested in our Mishnah, it's decided instead to raise the ground level in the alley with a platform of some kind. The question becomes, how far does the platform have to extend into the alley? There's a dispute between Rav Yosef and Abaye. Rav Yosef says... The platform only has to extend one hand span, and Abaye says four hand spans. The Gemara tries to understand the basis of their dispute and proposes four different alternative solutions. Let's talk about the first one. The Gemara proposes that Rav Yosef and Abaye disagree as to whether it's permitted to carry directly under the Korah, which itself has a minimum legal width of one hand span. Whether you're allowed to carry directly under it, in turn, depends on whether you think it's the outer edge of the Korah that's the border between the public domain and the alleyway, or the inside edge. If it's the inside edge, then the space directly under the Korah is in fact in Rishut Rabim, the public domain, and it's forbidden to carry there. If so, the platform must extend farther than one handspan, the width of the Korah. That's what Abaye thinks. But why doesn't Abaye then suggest two handspans, two tfachim? I'm asking, why does he jump to four? It turns out that legal Jewish space is quantized. One tefach is a legal distance, and the next one up is four tfachim. There's no Jewish legal distance in between. Here's an example from daily life. You go into the coffee shop and you want more than a grande, but less than a venti. Too bad, you're either going to get a grande and leave wanting a little more, or you're going to get a venti and not be able to finish it. There's no legal size in between. 
As we said before, the Gemara proposes four different bases for the dispute between Rav Yosef and Abaye. The first two are rejected outright, but the last two are kept as alternate solutions. When the Gemara asks a question and gives two different answers, the second answer is introduced by the formula, V'i ba'it ema, literally, but if you require it, I will say, and then the second answer. This formula has the sense of, if you don't like that answer, here's another one. As you probably guessed, when they give two answers, it's often because there's an acknowledged element of weakness in each of the answers. Which of the two is preferred? Generally, the second one is considered stronger in the sense of, if you don't buy that answer, I have an even better one. But if both the first and second answers are introduced by the phrase, Ibayatema, then both answers are considered to be of equal strength. Then the Gemara brings in an illuminating case. Suppose the entrance to the Mavoy has a partial wall or partition that covers more than half the width of the entrance. When that happens, the situation is called Omeid Murube Ala Parutz. It stands more closed than open. Can you carry on Shabbos in a Mavoy whose entrance is mostly shut? They try to answer that question with a common type of logical argument, a Kalva Chomer. A Kalva Chomer is an a fortiori argument. Here's an example. You're a genius, yet you flunked the exam. I'm an idiot, so I certainly flunked the exam. How do they use that kind of reasoning to establish that Omeid Merube al haparutz can fix a mavoy for carrying? We know that a chatzer, a courtyard, can't be fixed with a korah or a lechi, and yet it can be fixed with Omeid Merube al haparutz. So a mavoy which can be fixed even with a korah or a lechi can certainly be fixed with Omeid Merube al haparutz. Well, if you're not careful, you can prove all sorts of silly things with a kalachomer. Let's prove that you have to eat maror on Hanukkah. On Pesach, when you're not required to light lots of light candles, you still have to eat maror. On Hanukkah, when you are required to light lots of candles, of course you have to eat maror. See, the two cases of Mavoy and Chatser have to be compared very carefully. Finally, they ask what at first seems to be a klutzkasha, a question that the questioner thinks is brilliant, but is actually silly. What if the entrance to the Mavoy is blocked by a partition that is half the width of the door? The example given is an eight-ama entrance covered by a four-ama partition. Rav Ashi, one of the redactors of the Talmud, uses another common type of argument, a meimanafshach, to settle the question. Amimanafshach, roughly translated as take your pick, exhausts all the possibilities in a situation to show that some principle holds in all possible instances. If, he argues, the partition is less than half the width of the entrance, then it functions as a, a lechi, and it's okay to carry. If it's more than half, it's omeid merube ala parutz, more closed than open, and it's okay to carry. But if it's half, it qualifies for neither? No, Ravashi argues, it's a suffake, a doubtful case. And in a doubtful case of a rabbinic law, such as carrying in a mavoy, you're supposed to rule leniently. Conclusion, it's always okay to carry. Rashi and Tosafot struggle to understand in what sense the half-closed mavoy is a suffake, a doubtful case. Rashi explains that it's a suffake, a doubtful case, because how can you be sure that the partition is exactly half. 
Tosafot argues on him. What's a fake? Where's the doubt? Just go ahead and measure it and find out. They suggest that it's doubtful because of Torah Gadol. It's too big a hassle to require measuring that precisely for a mere rabbinic law, and since you didn't actually measure it precisely, you're left in doubt. So, Bamai Kamipalgi, what are Rashi and Tosfot really arguing about? Here are several possibilities, which aren't all mutually exclusive. One possibility is that the dispute has to do with physics. Is anything actually for Amot? Exactly? Or exactly half as long as something else? Rashi may think that there's no such thing. Maybe the world isn't made that way, but Tosafot think it is. A second possibility is that they're arguing about human limitations. There may be such a thing as exactly half, but Rashi thinks our human measuring tools are too crude to know for sure whether something is or isn't, and Tosafot think that close enough is good enough. A third possibility is that Rashi is okay with the notion that something is unknowable in principle. But Tosafot are profoundly uncomfortable with the idea that there are things we can never know for sure. Well, are we okay with that? I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.